Awesome. Welcome back to another episode of It Is What It Is podcast. I'm your host, Cody Kelly. Look, connect with me on all social media platforms, and particularly my favorite platform, YouTube, at the link below, CV Space K, or you can subscribe on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, that's where they are. But look, Black History Month is coming up. You know what you want to do? You want to support black businesses. How do you support black businesses? You can support a brother at the cash app below. This is how you support black businesses. This is how we get to it. I have an amazing, an amazing episode. I am thrilled about this. This is going to be wild and entertaining. Surviving cuffing season the Christian way, right? We all know this time of year around the holidays when it's cold out, feelings or the need of romance heightens. And then it kind of simmers off in the summer. But if you're a person of faith, how do you go about navigating this? Because Hopefully, you're not engaging in some of the similar activities. So I asked these amazing people to be on the show, and I'm allowed them to introduce themselves, starting with Missionary Viola. Hello, everyone. I am Missionary Viola Harrell, also known as Quarantine Quisha. Um, I am happy to be here. God bless you, Cody, and everything you have going on. I'm the owner of Adorn Boutique, where we specialize in catering to women. So I'm happy to be here and give my spill. And I'm single, so let's do it. She's single and ready to mingle. Look, this is live. You can ask anything. If it's pertinent and it's not offensive, I'll actually show it. If it's offensive, then I'm going to not show it. But <laughs> it's going to be fun. Will and Brittany, if you can introduce you guys. What's going on, everybody? I'm Will. I'm Brittany. Um, we are a newly, are we new? new couple? Well, I, yeah, new couple. Uh, I am Elder Will to some. I am ordained elder, uh, youth minister. I have my own mentorship, Life on Life at us, Philadelphia Kojic, Life on Life. Uh, we'd love to have your support. God bless. Ready to roll. And hey, I am Brittany. I'm a missionary as well. I'm the founder of Behold Ministries. Um, you can look me up on Facebook through that name, and I'm excited to be here as well. Awesome. Connect with these two. And another amazing guest, none other than the good reverend himself. L. Jerome Bill, better known as the Kojic Malcolm X. Ladarius, if you can introduce yourself. Well, I'm the Kojic Malcolm X. <laughs> yes, sir. I am Bill. Uh, that's what I like to go by. I am an ordained elder in the Church of God in Christ, uh, activist, community organizer. Uh, and yes, I am also single, and I hope to change that this year. But uh, yeah, that's who I am. <laughs> Ladies, he's single and he wants to change it. So if you're out there and you're looking for a young, handsome guy like yourself, El Jerome Bills here, and Ezekiel Davis, the new minister of Freedom Temple, if you can introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. I'm Ezekiel Davis. Uh, I'm glad to be on the podcast. Thank you, Cody. Uh, time to have a good conversation in. Perfect. I love it. Look, let's start here. Will and Brittany, you're a new couple. You guys booed up in COVID and during cuffing season, right? So you you came over two hard obstacles that a lot of people are struggling with. Briefly, tell us how this happened. Uh, you know what? Um, I noticed Brittany a while back. Uh, my sister, actually, about three years ago, she looked at me one day. We were at a state meeting, and she said, you should talk to Brittany. I was like, I don't know who this woman is. And so just from there, the Lord kind of opened up my eyes to who she was. 
And uh, he kept tugging at my heart and say, hey, go talk there. And I'm like, Jesus, you want me to introduce her to somebody? Or are you talking about you want me to talk to her? And so just after, again, taking my time, asking the Lord to confirm his word, the Lord confirmed his word. And uh, we've been together. Well, I say I've been dating her for five months now. She even saying it's shorter than that. But the first date, I was like, yep, that's the one, Jesus. That's it. That's it. So I'm glad to be with her. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. So we actually, we, you know, met through church, as he said, Um, we would just knew of each other, um, didn't really know each other personally, but we knew of each other like through through church. We have mutual friends and things like that. And so um, I always thought that he was a nice guy, you know, um, but I had kind of been jaded when it comes to church men's, not men, but men's. And so I was not really interested in. Um, she really wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't <laughs> interested in um, dating somebody, especially somebody who was like known within our jurisdiction and things like that. I just wasn't interested. So, um, yeah. So he asked me out and um, I was a little reluctant at first, but um, he, you know, everybody that I talked to about him has spoken so highly of him, you know, um, his reputation preceded him. And so that was something that I definitely paid attention to. And even my brother who didn't even know him, but he had only heard me talking about him a little bit, had um, encouraged me to go out with him. And so I did. And I'm so glad that I did because it ended up being one of the best dates I've ever been on. Actually, the best. Oh, the best. So you heard that exes. Y'all was trash. You heard it. Already throwing it. Look, let's go here. uh, Because you talked about, I knew that was the one. So I'm going to flip it. Ladarius, since I got you right here, and you know, um, so obviously you're looking and you want the same experience, right? Will has, so you want to know what the one is, right? How do you manage that expectation, right? Like approaching somebody in the faith obviously is going to have a different outlook than a more secular approach, right? So how do you go about managing this this uh, feelings of humo- of humanity through faith? Oh man, see, this is this is my position, is that we have done too much to try to spiritualize this thing. Okay, it, it's it's practical, and I know this is not uh, popular teaching in the church, but you know it's very practical. I'm a man, I know what I like. Okay, I know who I'm going to approach, and I know who I'm not going to approach. I know who I'm interested in. I heard Brother Gill just said he just laid it out the first date. The brother knew it. There's an innate ability in a man. That's why I tell women, stop letting men string you along. He knows what he wants to do, okay? He knows how far he wants to go. If he's bored, then you'll just be his toy, and he'll play with you until what he really wants comes along, all right? And so that's the reality of the thing. We got to go back to telling people that this thing is practical. It's in the mind, okay? Yes, we got to pray. We need peace in our spirits about who we're going to align ourselves with for the rest of our lives. All that great. But the way I did, to your question, the way I deal with the humanity and the intertwining of the spirituality and faith and all that is to deal with the reality and the practicality of the matter is that I'm a single straight man and I know what I'm looking for. Practicality. That makes sense. Visionary Viola, hit me with that. Practicality. What does that look like for you? Like we heard, we heard the good reverend right here. He knows what he likes in a woman, right? He, if he sees it, he'll go for it. He won't string along. Let me quote this. Um, if he strings along, then uh, he's bored and you're just his toy. How do you, how do you bring about 
the practicality that that Reverend Bill mentioned and applied to faith? Honestly, you really have to trust God um, from a woman's standpoint. You know, growing up in the church, all they tell us is to get saved, get spirit filled, get a husband. But they never show you, tell you how to, you know, present yourself. How do you keep a husband when you do get a husband? How to court? Um, And so I think, honestly, we just have to, like, focus on, like, who we are, um, first and foremost, focus on who God has called us to be. Um, Obviously, in my opinion, God will line you up with someone who matches your purpose um, to some um, aspect. And so if you focus yourself on on God, not saying being super spiritual, but focus yourself on what God has called for you to do. And if you operate in that, you will find someone, um, hopefully. And don't be so, um, don't make an idol out of marriage either. You know, some people as singles, oh, I want to be married, want to be married. But it's like, you can't do that because we are people at the end of the day. And so like, if you idolize that and then it don't work for you, then you're going to want to switch it out and it doesn't work that way. So that's my spiel. That's true. And you can't look with marriage. You can't switch in and out like that. There's no, uh, there's no warranty. This is not a vacuum. Zeke, you're the youngest one on the show. You're the, yes, I, am. I don't even know if you're an official millennial. You're like a Z, aren't you? Like generation Z. It doesn't yeah. even matter. Yeah. You're, you're young. <laughs> So what's the what's the talk track? Right. So like as somebody that young, uh, Mm -hmm. early 20s, um, what what is the uh, focus for a person of faith? Because, I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not saying you couldn't get married, but if you apply to societal norms, you might be a few years removed from that. Right. So so what do you do? Well, first of all. Uh, you have to know yourself um, in a relationship, especially you, you don't want to get into nothing, especially marriage. You know, we living in a society that really, uh, you know, marriage is downplayed, but marriage is a very serious um, contract between two people. And yeah. you have to pair for marriage. You know, um, it's preparation. One, one thing my grandfather told me, he said, uh, before I met your grandmother or before uh, uh I think he's breaking up. It's all right. We'll go back. We'll go back to Zeke. I see he's doing some loading. I want to throw this one uh, to you, Missionary V. Uh, lack of good partners, right? Men know what they want. Uh, Reverend Bill, you got a fan out here. I think I know this lady very well. Sharon Kelly said, Reverend Bill is so right. Men know. Why is there a lack of good men in the church? Just wait a minute before I say that. What don't, don't why is there a lack of good partners in the church? Be easy with this answer, but why is there a lack? Why why is it so like why is being single such a thing in the church? And you would think, right? Like, you know, if God wants me here, shouldn't I have it? Why is that? Well, don't beat me up, but I feel as if though, you know, men have a certain um appetite, um, sure. whether they're safe or not. Um, it's just in our, you know, generation. Um, that a lot of men like the light skin, the thin, slim fit, you know, that's just a majority. Now, yes, you have some that like, you know, plus size and the ones who are very, you know, eclectic and all that stuff. But men are so physical, in my opinion, that, I mean, honestly, that's the first thing they're going to notice about us anyway. You know, I mean, even Will said it, you know, he noticed my sister in passing. Um, So like, that's fine to have a preference. But I think uh, men 
I think women, like if we say, well, we want, like as far as like what we desire, we get looked upon a certain way. But then if a man wants a certain type, as far as physical, you know, it's like, you know, it is what it is. They're stubborn. And then you have a lot of men who like, I mean, they know it's a lot of single women in the church. And so like, they just walk around, you know, and they have their head stuck up. They know women are quote unquote thirsty, um, you know, some of the time. And so they don't, they feel like they can, you know, go through who they want when they want. And so it just, it becomes like this race at this point between women over a man when it should be in reverse. Becomes a race. Brittany and Will probably will first elaborate on that. Missionary V brought up something. He said men have a type. Um, there are some stereotypes that I think still plague uh, society and the church as a whole. Um, and even in the body of Christ, right? Even in faith, there is perception, right? What? Why Why aren't these uh, single preachers, why aren't they moving forward? I mean, why Why did you take up the, the task to break the mold, but these others haven't? Um, you know what? I think, uh, again, a lot of men are focused too much on themselves. Um, I think sometimes, and it, it can go either way. Um, it's, it's not just on men's side, but it's also on the side of the women as well, um, where people are more so concerned about themselves or literally rather than what God's will is for them. Um, you can think you have a type, but then God will show you something completely different and say, no, that ain't really what you want that's what you think you want, but that's because you haven't experienced what I have actually for you. And so as far as my, my experience, um, all I can say is that I was doing things in reverse. I meant, I think missionary V mentioned that you do things in reverse, you get into something and then you ask God about it later. I had to do it the right way. I was like, okay, God, here's what I'm thinking. What do you say? And went about it that way. The Lord was like, "Okay, I can work with that because, again, you're literally acknowledging me in all your ways. So since you're doing that, cool, I can bless you. And so that's what he did. And that's the way I kind of continue to live my life, especially with our relationship. I seek the Lord and what he would have for me. And it's like, Lord, what do I like? Mm -hmm. I, I think I like this, but I need to be sure because in our humanness, in our flesh again we can we can get things wrong y'all we get things wrong all the time i got things wrong a bunch of times i was like oh i kind of like you and it's like i got with you it was like oh I, I don't like you at all but again it's it's because for me is i sought the lord first and then he gave me an answer and responded and that's how i stand here today wow Get send his cash out. That was a powerful answer. I want to respond to something. Uh, Missionary V. Ola Henkel said, what if your will is not lined up to God's will? She may not be uh, your prototype, but God says that's your spouse. You better listen to God, not your flesh. Bill, I'm going to throw this to you. Then Zeke, I'm going to hit you with a question. I hope everything is working on the, the technical side for you. Um, so, uh, Bill, your question is, um, have you asked God, like, you know, what's What's the problem? Is, is it a is an issue of lack of quality? Um, Will mentioned something. He said I had to first ask God and and do it in reverse. I can speak for myself. Uh, transparent moment. You know, I you know if it, before April <laughs> there was Cody, and Cody did what Cody did. You know, that's Cody. Got saved. Got better. <laughs> Uh, won't elaborate on everything else, but I got better. I got better. I got better. I told Pastor Evans all the time, I got better. 
I, you could you could track my progress. But when it came to it, I really realized this is something that God wanted. So, Bill, what's what's the hang up? What's the hang up with you, brother? I, I, is are I, are you in the will of God? What's I, going on? I hate to be that guy, but I, I'm taking a slight difference here with all of this. Uh, see, I, I don't think it's spiritual as much as we're trying to make it. It's here, okay? It's up here. Absolutely. Several things emerge with this. We got to be careful because this is what, part, okay, you asked the question, why so much singleness? The bottom line is this. Men lack the confidence that our grandfathers used to have because we're lazy, ain't got no charm, no swag, no confidence, no jobs, credit jacked up, not, not, no personality. Everything is church. God told me you're my wife. Stop lying on God, okay? God gave man discretion. Whoso find it, okay? Go find. Seek God for approval. But I don't think there's a pre-approval out there. I don't think I don't think that there is just one person designed for anybody. There are plenty of people out there that you can marry and be happy with and create good life. We have to be very careful spiritualizing romance because let me ask you this. What about the atheists who get married and have wonderful lives? They don't even believe in God, so they know you know they ain't praying to them. So that lets me know that there's a there's something going on in the world dimension that allows human connectivity, that allows humans to know. There are things about you need more than you need more than spirituality with this thing. You need more. You need to do more than pray with this thing. You need principles and values and, and a grip on human nature and, and how life works and how business works, philosophy, sociology, psychology. There's so much out there that we're lacking. And that's the difficulty with finding good partners is because we're doing too much waiting on God when God is really essentially waiting on us. Now, if you want to talk about my personal testimony, my personal testimony has nothing to do with my lack of prayer, my lack of faith. It has to do with some bad decisions I've made. It has to do with me being too picky at certain times. It has to do with my own stubbornness and pride. It has to do with the fact that I've engaged relationships with people who weren't on my level. So many things come into play here, and I'm not sure that it has to do with having to sit around and wait on God to burn up a bush in order to show you who your spouse is. I think it has to do with having a grip on human nature, having some confidence, having the ability to approach a woman with confidence and not be too pushy and too aggressive. You got to be smooth with this thing, man. And so th th this is my personal beliefs. And and it's just me, man. No, I like it. I, I, I personally agree. You know, I don't believe in the one theory. And what I mean by that, like me and Pastor Evans had this debate. We were talking about, you know, just guy talk or whatever. And I was like, you know, obviously we love our wives. And I was like, what if something were to happen to him, could we ever get remarried? And I was like, so therefore I can't believe in the one because if you got remarried again, would it be one plus one? Right. So I'm like, you know, it's, it's, it, it, there is, there is rationale to this. Right. Uh, I do believe in obviously submitting everything through God, uh, you know, in the name of the Lord, through his Holy spirit, but it's a very practical step and process. You know, when I met Abra, I didn't know, I didn't pray, I, I didn't even ask God. I, I met her randomly at a party that it was a blind date, you know, so practicality. And then, you know, now we're going on seven years. That's kind of how things just kind of transpire. So, Zeke, I throw this one to you. Um, you are um, new to your calling, right? Uh, now you are a uh, minister. 
do you have difficulty dating? Uh, what are some of the pressures? You know, because, you know, I think we're all human. And then obviously this is going to start opening up some other questions. And then Missionary Viola, I'm Viola, excuse me, I will throw it to you. Uh, so Zeke, for you. Okay, he dropped his, his laptop still kind of going. So Missionary Viola, I'm going to throw it to you. We'll get Zeke back on here, y'all. Pressure. Sometimes the ministry places pressure. Unfair, right? But yet true. When it comes to dating, how do you alleviate yourself from everybody else's assumption of what you should do or should not do and just be yourself? That's a great question. Um, For me, I had to find an accountability partner. um, And actually, she's in the ministry as well. um, And so she could, you know, she understands um, the pressures that we have. I think that honestly, you just really have to like not like you have to put on spiritual blinders, but just regular blinders too. And not focus on what everyone else thinks or says, or, you know, portrays you like, because me being a missionary, as soon as I accepted the call in, like, it seemed like the devil was just on me just like that. Like, and so like people quick to say, Oh, you're a missionary. You're supposed to be this and act like this and do this. But like, I'm a woman first. I'm a human being. I'm going to make error. That's just the way life goes. And even though we are saved, we're believers, like nobody is sin free. And so, um, Having an accountability partner, um, obviously, is somebody that you need to trust. It's someone you can be transparent with and vice versa. Um, we sit down. Uh, we have text outs. We'll um, Zoom or FaceTime. And we'll just talk about certain things and up- uplift and encourage each other during this time. Because me, I'm going to keep it real with you. I've always liked thugs. I'm very aggressive. Um, that's just the way I am. I've dated drug dealers. I've dated me in the porn industry. I'm, I'm that girl. Um, and so it's hard for me, even as a, a missionary, it was yeah. hard answer to my calling because of the fact that I know what I was used to being associated with. So I pulled away from those things, you know, but sometimes when people know of you and they'll, they'll try to continue to put what you used to do and how you used to be, they'll throw that up in your face. And then sometimes the old you would come back, you know, cause I had some instances where the old me showed up as a missionary and like, it's like people crucify you, you know? So, you know, having an accountability partner, having somebody who you can really bond with um, during this, it really helps. It has really helped me and blessed my life. I like that. Let me pick it back. Look, we all um, have a past, so let's not pretend like it isn't what it is. That's why the show is called It Is What It Is. And it's not like this past goes away just because you fall in love with Jesus, right? It's just that you have a new master, right? So, um, you know, and you like what you like. I had a certain type of like woman, women that were doing whatever, whatever. I liked what I like. I think that's normal. Will, so I'm going to throw it to you. You know, this is serious. You have found someone that you have, you know, uh, found passion and calling and purpose. And obviously, I'm rooting for you, too. So let's talk about that accountability part. Right. Um, It was a struggle, you know, for me. You know, I had my accountability partner. uh, Well, I have a few of them, but they're. They're wild guys, Raj, D, Lou, you know, <laughs> TJ, Chuck, you know, so they're accountable. There's a lot of wild guys, right? I love them death. Those are my homies. Um, Pastor Evans, he was like my accountability partner who I was like constantly ignoring his text. So um, how do you hold this accountability? How do you hold this standard, right? Like, is it is there pressure like, like, 
Like, oh my God, like, is, is that something that you think of? Like, you know, what if, you know, think of me differently? How do you go about that? Um, Honestly, I have to be confident in myself and my own salvation. Um, I have to realize that I'm not who I used to be um, and be okay with that, even if other people aren't. Um, and I think too many people kind of live their lives based off of the opinions of others, because I know for a fact, if Christ has set me free, if I'm done with the past, then like you can bring it up all you want. That ain't who I am anymore. Um, as far as like uh, accountability, yo, I got to be honest. The flesh is real, y'all. Like what what feels good, what looks good, it's real. And so like when you have accountability partners, like you literally have to connect with people that's like going to actually hold you accountable. So I'll say this, Luke. Luther Walls is my best friend in the whole world. All right. I will say that dude is my homie. Yeah. I'll say, Luke, bruh, I'm about to do something stupid. Talk me off the ledge. And li- literally it, it, it took, it took that. And it takes that as like, man, listen, the flesh is creeping. Yeah. Pray for me, doc. Yeah. He's like, all right, well think about this or hey, meet me this place. Hmm. Keep me out of trouble. So I think you got to have that, that group. What do you think? Yeah, um, accountability is very important and not not just like outside influences, but within your relationship too. when you're dating. Um, We have to be accountable with each other, Um, not just in regards to flesh, but in regards to how we treat each other, how we communicate with one another. That's all because your flesh can rise in that way, too. Um, I'm not if I could be honest, I'm not really used to healthy relationships. So meeting somebody who uh, wasn't on games with me was very intentional from the beginning Um, that that was new for me. And so um, I had to ask him, you know, please be patient with me. Um, Hold me accountable for when I'm acting up a little bit, you know, so. I'm just saying, you know, hold me accountable, you know, let me, let me know, you know, like, don't do that. So that has been, um, that's been a journey with us as well, being accountable, not just um, having someone on the outside helping us, but being accountable with one another and knowing that uh, we believe that God is pleased with us. He's pleased with our relationship. So we want to do everything that we can um, to make sure that he is continually pleased with us. Missionary Brittany, I want to follow up with that. How do you get out of toxic relationships for those who might be in them? Or you talked about, you know, and, and uh, Missionary Viola hit upon this, uh, you know, kind of a, your past experiences, right, and what you were used to, and now you have this new, um, this new passion, this new purpose and love. How do you not allow the toxicity from the past destroy what God is currently doing? Ooh, that's that's a really good question. Um, so I think for honestly, Will has helped me with that a great deal. Um, I think that first of all, though, like you have to be you have to be whole within yourself before you come into a relationship. But I also believe that you won't be 100 percent. And sometimes God allows people to come into your life so that they can help you become a better person. And so for me, um, I, I was in toxic relationships. I had to um, honestly um, get to the point where I love myself and decided that I deserve better than what it is that I was being given. And I think a lot of times um, with women and men, they stay in relationships because they feel that's all that they deserve. Or, you know, um, there are situations with soul ties, not just physical, but emotional soul ties. You might feel like um, why, you know, 
like you said, it's a lot of single people. So if I'm with somebody, let me just try and stick it out with this person. But that person can be toxic. And so um, I think you have to be okay with with just you. If it's just you for a season, be okay with that. And that's to that is how um, I got out of toxic relationships. You know, I told the Lord, if it's just me and you for a season, if it's just me and you for years, and I don't have the babies until forty or whatever, then God, I'm okay with that because. I will not allow myself to be mistreated in this situation any longer. And after I did that and God, you know, allowed Will and I to connect with one another, then it's like, okay, this is what he's trying to show me. This is what healthy is. And sometimes it can be a little scary at first because that's not what you're used to. But when it's the right person, God will allow you, you all to work through it together. So that's what we've been doing. I like it. I like the answer. I got to address this because my pastors chimed in. I didn't ignore your text. There was just a lot of them. Yes, there was a lot of them. Because I was a uh, look from I, I can't really recall what happened between 16 and 21 ish, 22. There was just there was just like a six year span of just stuff. I have no thing, but I'm covered by the blood and he has saved me. <laughs> so that's my testimony. And I will never. They better not write the novel. So anyway, yo, Bill, I want to throw this one to you. So you are you are influential. You are an activist. You travel a lot. Um, you have preached for many different pastors. Um, your status in the faith is growing, right? And with that, I'm sure comes a certain level of appeal. How do you not fall? We missionary uh, Brittany hit up upon it about accountability partners and was very transparent in the process. Will talked about it, said. Elder Luther Walls, who I think I know a little bit, is his accountability partner um, for you, you know, because, you know, you're not you're you're like here, there. I think you're in Atlanta right now. Right. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you're from Chicago, but you're, you're all over. So it's, it's a little hard to be accountable when you're on the road. How do you not fall to the urges and temptations of the road? Discipline. Listen, I cannot overstate the power of fasting, okay? Discipline, discipline, discipline. See, and like you said, there comes times where there are certain struggles you have, you don't want to tell nobody what's going on. Not an accountability partner, not your pastor, not your parents, not your best friend. You have to take time to wrestle with yourself. Listen, you've got to be real with yourself. Okay, be honest with yourself. No need to lie. You can lie to everybody else, but you go home with yourself. You lay down in the bed with yourself and you just got to be real. You got to ask yourself those deep, comprehensive questions that produce serious wrestling. Okay, this is what's going on. Like sometimes I lay in my bed or I can be on a plane. I can be walking down the street. It's like, Bill, this is a problem I have. You, well, I talk to myself. This is a problem you have. Now, what are you going to do about it? Like, that's where you decide. I need to go talk to my pastor about this. I need to go talk to my best friend. I need to write this out, Wh- whatever the case is. So that that that's how you deal with it. Discipline, discipline, discipline. And fasting helps to discipline you and put you in that place where you can focus and where you can experience the positive virtues that come from peaceful meditation in your mind. We don't spend enough time with ourselves. 
We're in a noisy society. Everything about us is noise. I mean, all around us noise. Sometimes even when we go to church, we're so distracted, we don't hear nothing but noise. Can't really hear the word. Can't really participate in the worship because we've got a lot of noise going on in our minds. But when you really figure out a way to discipline, spend time with yourself in deep contemplation, reflection, writing, reading good books, uh, eating the good, right kind of food, that's what helps you to produce the type of discipline you need in order to enjoy yourself and enjoy the fulfillment that comes along with living positive and holy life. Awesome. Let me follow up with that one, Bill. Uh, you talk about discipline. Is You know, when I hear it, and, and I, I totally agree in fasting and really concentrating uh, heavily upon the Lord, is there a lack of uh, what I would like to call romantic uh, mental health instability? Right. I think people sometimes fall into these various traps, whether it's pornography or whatever you want to call it, because there's this um, void or gaping hole. Right. It's more than sin. It's a pain. I think sin is is too fluid. Right. I think it's more of a pain. How does that how does that healing or how is that healing power of the Lord uh, really influenced your life so far? I'm talking to you, Bill. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what? I think we need to stop trying to black or white everything. Sure. And be real about things. There are some things that I'm, I'm still presently struggling with. There are certain areas of my life that I'm still seeking wholeness and fulfillment. What we have to do is tell people, stop trying to be Zeus, king of the gods. Okay. Stop trying to be some type of Superman. Be real. Honest. It is through our vulnerabilities, our frailties, our brokennesses that we can really connect to others and experience the liberating power of God to be free, to be totally yourself and to recognize that you can be a masterpiece and a work in progress simultaneously all the same time. And when we go to understanding, allowing people to understand, well, first of all, when we understand it ourselves, that we're yet on the potter's wheel, that he's yet working on us, that he's yet purifying, working us out. That is what I believe healing is. I believe healing is a process, not necessarily, not necessarily all the time instantaneous. That's a miracle. But healing requires, pro remember the, 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 the works that Jesus did, healing of the lepers. Go show yourself to the priest. Remember with the issue of blood, he got to crawl to touch the hem of his garment. A uh, blind man, take the dirt, the spit, and slap it on his eyes and tell him, go wash in the pool of Shalom. Uh, impotent man, land, uh, land by the pool of Bethesda. Will thou be made whole? Take up thy bed. There's always a contribution to the healing. And that is what we call process. So you want to know how have I experienced that power of God is that I receive it through process. I receive the grace of God, which is the superpower of God that gives him the ability to work supernaturally in the lives of broken human beings. I love it. I love it. That was theologically correct as well. I want to throw this one last question. I want to thank my guests again because I want to keep everybody within the time frame. I'm going to start with you, Missionary Viola. Bill talks about being real, being real. We're all struggling with things. It is a process. We thank God for grace because on our best days, we're not worthy. That's just the God, honest truth. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you this. Would you rather have one bad night or one bad marriage? And my mom, my mom actually brought this up. 
we were discussing way, way back in the day. <laughs> and this is for everybody, so everybody's going to get a chance to chime in. We were like, we were talking about the realities of holiness and, you know, we're not going forth. And because I was really struggling at the time. I wasn't married. This is way before April. And I was like, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was like, you know, I, you know, I'm me <laughs> trying to do this thing now. And the advice Papa giving me was just, it was just, I was like, I, you know, I came fast four days a week. Like, you know, that was just, you know, because them old school fast was different. You know, these new school fast, you get to drink Kool-Aid and Gatorade and all types of sugary teas and whatnot. But them old school fast, you couldn't do nothing but go to work. You couldn't listen to anything. If it was nothing to do with, you know, Jesus or whatnot, it had to be Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And that was it. You know, and I was like, I can't just do this 24-7. So I asked my mom. I said, well, is it better to have one bad night or one bad marriage? So my question to you, Missionary Viola. And if you don't want to answer, totally understand. One oh, bad I can or one bad marriage. Well, you know what? I'm just going to be honest. Um, I sit here uh, being a 35-year-old virgin, and I'm going to say that I would rather have one bad marriage. Um, I stand on the word of God. I believe that God has somebody for me, no matter at what point in in life it's going to be. And sometimes, you know, things happen in marriages. Um, I do desire to be married to that one person, right? But I mean, if things happen to whereas we cannot stay together, I would rather wait, continue to wait um, versus being in toxic relationships, being in relationships that I have no business, going back to the way that I used to be, where I thought I was super strong, where I thought I could hang out in the trap houses and get guns pulled on me by police and hang with the drug dealers and the strippers. But I would rather choose God and wait um, because, you know, sometimes you can work out a marriage. It just takes two willing individuals. Um, but as for me, that one night is not worth it. You might be thinking that you're doing something, you know, and you can die on your way home from getting out that hotel. Maybe he's not even good enough to put you in a hotel. You have you in the back of his car somewhere, his mama's bed, you know, and it's not worth it. I say, hold on to your morals and values and you just trust God along your process. I, I like it. I like that answer. So I'm going to throw this one to Will and Brittany. As the question goes, one bad night, one bad marriage. Now, obviously, we know we want to hold on to the word. We want to hold on to faith. But I'm going to let you tackle it, however you go about it. Um, I agree 100% with what my sister said. I mean, you know, the reality is, is that certain things, you know, you go through certain things. I think bad marriage is subjective. Um, I'm not married yet, but I just believe that you can work through anything, you know, in your marriage. So um, I would rather take the chance um, to wait on God and do things the way that he would desire for me to be, because God honors marriage. And I believe that God can do anything. He can turn any situation around. So um, me personally, I'm not a virgin. You know, I'm just I believe now that. You know, on the on the other side of it, I wish I had waited, you know, because it's not worth it at the end of the day. And that's why I try and tell as many, you know, young people as I can, you know, wait on God, do things his way, because at the end of the day, you you can feel so empty by not um, doing things the way that God designed for you to do them. So bad marriage, you, you speak over your marriage, you know, you say I'm not going to have a bad marriage because I marriage is work. Right. So, again, I'm not there yet. I can't really speak on it just yet, but I would rather wait and um, take my chances in marriage with my husband. 
You hear that? Wait, I'm telling y'all. Look, it's not as you know as cool as the, the music videos make it sound or look. It's a lot of headache and a lot of you know you know. It, you just don't want to do it. You just don't want to do it. Wait, Ladarius, I'm gonna throw this one to you, and then we can give our sign offs. Something happens, you know. Ladarius just released a book. He's number one seller. Ladarius on the Breakfast Club. Knock at the door. Darius opens up the door. I don't know who it is. Ladarius got a church groupie. Ladarius, one bad night, one bad marriage. Uh, I, I think we all agree that we'd rather um, we'd rather wait and we'd rather enjoy the beauty of marriage. Uh, <laughs> I, don't, I think that's a no-brainer. Um, however, with that, I think uh, we have to be careful. Two, two points I want to raise uh, with this romanticized view of marriage that you're just going to go without any hurdles, any bumps. God, you believe God put you together. I used to hear preachers say, husband and wife, if you're living together and can't get along and claim to be married, somebody ain't got what they say they got. You know, I've heard it all. But the bottom line is we're still humans subject to certain proclivities, predilections, things we don't like, things that irritate us why he keep leaving his sock on the floor, why she can't seem to cook the biscuits right. You know, things about others are going to irritate us. That does not qualify as a bad marriage. It qualifies as two humans trying to live together. Hello. What one old preacher say is that as time goes by, things should become easier. But I don't know that it'll ever be absolutely easy. My grandparents were married for over 50 years before Papa died. And they still had their wrestling matches because what I observed on, on, on retro, of course, I was too young to really pay, understand it then. But as I reflected on some of the marriages I saw, the reality of the matter was the reason why they kept having disagreements is because as time passed, they kept changing. Things about them that they liked when they were younger had changed over time. They evolved. Things were different. Some At one point, maybe the wife had evolved at a faster pace than the husband, or there's some things about the husband that had changed that the wife was still uh, settled in certain areas, and that's what continued to create tension. But that could be creative tension when you learn to embrace the differences that each of us bring. I've never been married, but these are just things that I reflected on, that we cannot try to carbon copy somebody else's experience, that we cannot try to force what happened in grandma's day onto what's happening today or we don't need to try to change everything either. So these are all the considerations and conversations that we're going to have to have. And as times emerge, we've got to be open to that. The other point I want to quickly lift that I, I think that we missed even with the holiness movement is we, as I heard it, I'm sure you all did too, if you grew up in especially old school Church of God in Christ, where the message was, you know, sex outside of marriage was sinful. It's wrong. It's I mean, they talked about it as if it was something dirty. But they didn't do a lot to tell us the beauty and the magic that comes along with married sex. The, the, the how husband and wife should enjoy it, how it's supposed to be fun. Go on dates, have a have role, you know, let that romance, the freshness, the, the amazing beauties and qualities that come along with it. And that's what I think. I think that what we need to teach people is how to discipline the flesh, that if you're not married, you don't need to have sex, but you also don't need to try to pray it away either. That don't work. Trust me. Praying it away don't work. Okay? It don't. 
you got to tell people, get a hobby, go fishing, go biking, go jogging, go uh, something, get some recreation because you're human and your body is responding to your humanity. You want certain things. I'm going to get in trouble. But yeah, I'm like, <laughs> you can go ahead. I'll let, you, I'll let you get another minute. That was that good. Bill, that was amazing. Look, as the Reverend Bill said, look, um, definitely the two people are constantly evolving. You know, like I wouldn't trade April for the world, not even for Meg Thee Stallion. And I would do a lot if I wasn't saved and married for Meg Thee Stallion. But since I'm not, you know, I wouldn't even do that, right? So, but it's definitely a, an ever-evolving process. And what you find out is that whatever stage you get married at, you don't stay at that stage. You start going to higher heights, deeper depths. When I got married, I was 25. Now I'm in my 30s, right? When I got married, you know, weight was different. You know, it was just a lot. I was living a situation. You know, you, you go through so many changes that growing together will create that necessary tension, growing pains, right? And it's beautiful, though. It's beautiful. And I totally agree with Bill. Uh, you can't pray this away. <laughs> I'll be the first to say, look, I don't care how many times you can shout praise. You could put on Miranda Curtis CDs and Karen Clark CDs until your feet get sore. You're going to still want what you want at the end of the night. But if you hold on to God's unchanging head, look, you know, everything will be all right. I appreciate my guests so much. They have been so impactful. I hope you guys got a lot out of it. I want to read this comment. I love it, but as my pastor Billy Jamel Evans says, love doesn't keep you married. It's the commitment. And that is so true. And that is what we need more than ever. I feel like personally, we have a lot of people who love the idea of love, love the concept of marriage, but the work of it, the commitment, you know, you got married singles and single married people. And I'm going to go on that elaboration with that, but that says it all. <laughs> like, so, Missionary Violet, where can they connect with you? What are you doing? Oh, they can connect with me here on Facebook, Viola Harrell. Um, I have a podcast, Living Purposefully, um, where I am actually starting my journey of uh, witnessing to um, new virgins and people, you know, born again virgins and virgins, um, building a community around us and developing an app around faith and fashion. And also on TikTok, I'm Quarantine Quisha. If you like, you know, funniness and you like a little bit of uh, word and prayer, then you can hit me up on there. Connect with Mr. Viola. Hopefully, I get an invite. I'm a Gemini. I don't know if you want any, you know, I'm not a Virgo or a virgin, but you know, I could be on it though. Mr. Randy and Will, where can they connect with you? What are you guys doing? Uh, you can connect with me on Facebook, Will Gill. You can follow our pages, Philadelphia Kojic Life on Life, our youth ministry. We're going into new chapter, new territory, finally getting some uh, grants and things like that going. So be on the lookout. Uh, for what we're doing. Uh, and I'll say this, I'm very grateful uh, that the Lord has paired me with Brittany. This is my best friend. And you all talk about marriage um, and the pitfalls and the things like that, that you go through. Uh, I'll fight to the death for this woman right here. And so praise Ooh. God for what he's doing in my life um, and be on the lookout. God's going to bless us with something real soon. Oh, all right. All right. All right. I like it. I like it. I'm not even going to elaborate. Brittany, I'm going to let you just say whatever you want to say. I can't come behind that. Okay. So um, you all can connect with me um, 
my personal Facebook page, Brittany B. Henderson. I also have my ministry page, Behold Ministries, where um, I like to connect with women just for the ladies and have a monthly Bible study. I'm also going to be um, releasing some other things, too. So I just love women. Um, I want us to be whole in Christ first because, of course, we are wives, moms, all those things. But I want us to be whole in ourselves first and love ourselves completely. So love you all. Thank you so much, Elder Cody. Oh, thank you. You guys are my favorite. You guys are my 2021 pick right now. I like you guys. You guys are amazing. The Reverend, the good Reverend, the coaching Malcolm X, he is single and ready to mingle. Where can they connect with you? <laughs> well, uh, you can find me right here on Facebook, L. Jerome Bill, um, Instagram, uh, at Ladarius Bill, Twitter. It's probably my favorite one. I'm always tweeting about some or ranting about some uh, at Ladarius Bill. <laughs> I'm also in the community. Uh, and You can follow me home. Follow me to my local church, Wallace Temple Church of God in Christ, 92nd and Drexel. Uh, yeah, that's where you can catch me. Um, I'm, I'm sure I'll be around somewhere. Awesome. Look, connect with these amazing gifts to the body of Christ, but more importantly, God has supplied the world with amazing people. You have El Jerome Bill, you have Brittany, you have Will, you have Viola, you have some great people doing some great things. Connect with these individuals and always look, subscribe to the YouTube page below, CV Space K. The more I hear from you, the more stuff like this I can do and it frees up my time. I have a lot of amazing episodes right now. I'm actually booked all the way through March. We got a lot of heat coming. I'm super excited. I'm going to get these guys back on here because Will, Brittany, hopefully if whatever, they send me an invitation to whatever. I don't even care if it's like a, a movie night. Just send me the invitation. Me and April will come through. Bill, you know I'm going to connect with you. Mr. Dave Viola, you know I'm going to connect with you. She's got a podcast. She's got a boutique. Connect with these amazing people. But until next time, guys, thanks so much.